you didn't know much about Romania before you landed, not even that it was the home of Dracula. But soon, you met an entire generation of young people, using technology in new ways to hold the post-communist government accountable. Beyond ordering food and getting a ride, you witnessed firsthand the power of technology to change a society for good. You are listening to 2233, a podcast of exchange stories. Bucharest is a beautiful, beautiful city. And it's also this seemingly surreal city. Um, it feels like a another dimension of like Paris, for example. If if Paris were to like have a fourth dimension, it is it is Bucharest. This week, from first world problems in Silicon Valley to witnessing a civic revolution, touring a diamond tool factory and using technology to fight corruption and pave a new society for a new generation. Join us on a journey from Silicon Valley to Bucharest, Romania. It's 2233. We report what happens in the United States warts and all. These exchanges shaped who I am. When you get to know these people, they're not quite like you. You read about them. They are people very much like ourselves. And oh, that's what we call cultural exchange. So my name is William Tyner, and I am a Fulbright National Geographic Digital Storytelling Fellow from 2018, and I went to Romania. I was a Code for America fellow back in 2015, and I had been working in Silicon Valley and had been interacting with, with the technology sector and really was disappointed with, with what I found. For me, technology has always been this thing that can really be um, an empowering tool and um, a liberating tool. And I learned that you know, in California, a lot of it is also driven just by capitalism. And there's a lot of inequality, you know, in this really, for me, this very wealthy place of technology and these great skills. So I was disappointed with that. And so I worked for this group called Code for America and learned about civic tech, it's this idea of technology that helps people get closer and have more power in, in, the, in the civic space um, and improve government services. And um, I learned that civic tech wasn't just a, uh, an American idea, but it was actually growing all around the world from the U.S. to Nepal and to Romania. I learned about this group called Code for Romania, and they are a civic technology organization in Romania and Bucharest, um, and now they're expanding to other parts of Romania. But also I did some research and learned that Code for Romania was emerging out of a really interesting political moment in the in the past, I guess now, seven or eight years. There's been a lot of political upheaval in Romania where people are really trying to you know, really fight against corruption and really um, improve their, their society there. And there's been some big incidents that have happened, but that's kind of how Code for Romania was born out of this really significant political upheaval. My intention with going to Romania was to understand how this group 
started. What were the inciting incidents? What motivated people to join? There's now over 800 Romanian civic technologists working in and out of Romania, using technology and in, in, in code and um, in civic tech to build technology tools that, that increase transparency and overall the service delivery of government services in Romania. So it's kind of meant to support the civil society and then also begin to try to teach, I guess, the government how things should be done in, 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 in this modern age. You know, technology in Romania plays a really big role. It's not just about consumption. It's not just to help you order an Uber or, you know, order um, order some food. It really is changing how government works. It's it's increasing transparency. It's empowering people. It's giving information. So um, technology still has the potential to do a lot, but depends on who you ask and who you, you know, the eyes through which you view it. And I also wanted to understand, you know, a little bit about how the civic identity of of these activists was developing. I mean, what did it mean to use technology to empower yourself and improve your society? Like, what did that really mean to the individuals? Because I have my own kind of dynamic with technology and how it helped me as a person growing up in rural Ohio as a black kid. And, you know, for me, it opened up so many new worlds and it was a thing that empowered me. And so I kind of began to see a similar dynamic between myself and, um, and people in Romania who were part of this group. And so I didn't really expect to see that connection, but I think that that ended up being really helpful for me, being able to tie my own story to this seemingly very different world in Romania, but actually the intention and the outcome is the same as far as technology goes. When I first arrived in Bucharest, the first thing that, that was happening with the Code for Romania group was that they were preparing this really big conference, the Civic Tech Conference that was based in Bucharest. And it was this big deal, one that was happening in Romania, and that Code for Romania was, you know, kind of leading the charge. And the first thing that we did was prepare for that. And so I arrived and it was late. And, I, you know, I remember everyone was putting in all the badges and trying to move the tables. And, you know, it, it was a real community effort. Everyone had all hands on deck. The, that was the first time that I really got to hang out with my friends in Romania in that way. And that was really, really fun. I remember just trying to organize the bean bags and where things would go and just help be helpful. So that was a really positive memory of just trying to put this thing together, you know, which really felt like it was emblematic of what civic tech is. It's just like everyone is all hands on deck trying to make this thing happen, whatever it might be. I think in, in, in the United States, you know, the UK, civic tech it operates as a modernization tool. It's meant to improve how services services and government are delivered, and it's meant to kind of improve an already pretty okay system, more or less. And I think I didn't appreciate the extent to which the governmental system needed a lot of support. The, the fact that it was coming from people who were citizens, you know, that was really interesting to me to see that over 800 people, as a result of a variety of different instances and uh, incidents, felt the need to really take up these technological arms and like begin to build this new society through technology. I didn't really realize the extent to which 
communism had had impacted how the government operated. And I think in Romania, what what really struck me was the um, generational and socioeconomic and geographic divide. It's this play, it kind of mirrors the United States in a lot of ways. Just the urban-rural divide in Romania, the fact that 46% of people don't live in the city, you know, and then the other half of the society lives in the city and is traveling all around the world and doing different things. And so you, you really see that there is a, like a generational perspective, um, a, di a difference. And I think we had that in the States, but it was very, for me, very pronounced in Romania. The, the first thing I noticed of the activists in Code for Romania is they're all 30. It's been 30 years this year since the fall of communism um, in 89 in Romania and in Eastern Europe in general. And they are all the product of that. Um, well, they may not have lived for 15 years under communism. They were babies and seemed like they um, had collected the stories of their parents and the memory, the, the collective trauma and memory of that period. There is a big generational divide and many people left the country and went to different different places and learned different things. And so they gained more skills and had more, more money. And, you know, and so that does create a lot of inequality as far as society goes seeing just how badly the younger generation wanted to move away from the past you know and and, all, and had such resentment and they were the they were they were the beneficiaries of this really negative past and that through technology and through exposure and education they're trying really hard to change things there and that was that was really really powerful to see When we talk about modernity and development, there's so many different groups that are all moving at different paces. We have the young people who are like all over the world, you know, doing all this stuff. Then we have people in the countryside who are, you know, who are living 80 years ago, you know, in that time frame. And then we have people who are Roma, the, the Roma population, who are in told, a whole different context. And so there's lots of uh, parallel realities going on. And I think that, to me, is characterizes a lot of the a lot of the world now question for me is always how can technology be something that begins to patch them together in a way that is healthy holistic and helpful code for romania is trying to really work to standardize information and data sets and you know i think one important example is I learned that during communism, a lot of jobs like sociologists and very, very important social scientists roles were totally dismantled more or less and put under the state. And so, you know, after communism and to, to this day, there are there is not a, um, a lot of data that the state has about people and information. And so there's no standard data. So when you want to build a, an, an app or a tool that improves the process, there's no information to really do that off of. And so that's a big, a big focus of Code for Romania is building data portals, just organize the information that exists, so that people can use it and make decisions um, more effectively. That's a really powerful thing that I learned is just, it's like not the sexiest thing, but it's really important that we have information about the city and we have, you know, good data that we can make choices um, off of.
my, my flatmate, her name is Ina, and she is just an amazingly talented a maker and art and architect as by training. And she's really talented with all of that. And so we hung out for, for the entire year and she invited me to her family's home. Just the generosity from her mom and dad and the, all the food that, I mean, I gained like 10 kilos, you know, in that one uh, trip. And they were so incredible. And I think one thing that sticks out to me was when Ina's father, who is, he has a, uh, a diamond tool factory for this big, big, you know, very industrial f facility. And he showed me around his facility and showed me all of his diamonds and all of, he just took me into this interesting world of what he does every day. You know, he was so excited and proud and happy. And for me, that was really, really cool to be able to talk to him and just be in, in, in Ina's home. And, and they just were feeding me like crazy and we were drinking like crazy. And the, and, and the dad was singing. Um, he, he's a really talented pianist. And, uh, you know, he would serenade us with on guitar. And I felt really at home at that point. And it was really, really nice. And that was definitely a highlight of my, of the entire time. Even, even I've talked to politicians and all of these cool people. And that one time with Ina and her family was like, takes the cake for just a demonstration of utter hospitality to someone who they had no, you know, they didn't know from Adam. I have committed myself in a new way to telling stories that talk about technology and liberation from the perspectives of places that are not necessarily associated with te technological advancement, even whether whether they are, are, are actually or not. As a filmmaker, I'm very interested in this idea of, you know, Afrofuturism, or I learned about this idea of Eastern futurism as well, um, and Roma futurism as well in Romania. How can you change representation of places through technology and, you know, and putting people who aren't typically at the table in the seat of power and what that looks like. And so um, I'm really interested in shifting power dynamics, you know, and using technology as a tool to do that. From a variety of perspectives, I wouldn't have ever considered that Romania fits into that, that model of, you know, empowerment. I wouldn't have ever thought about that. And to me, I'd like to find more places where you can shift how places and people are seen through technology. The end goal is to paint a portrait of this specific time in Romania. I think it's a really interesting time that while particular to Romania, you know, it also is a universal story to me. People advocating for themselves, people, you know, quote, kind of waking up to their their power in society. One of the big findings for me was that Romanian people haven't had, there's not a big culture of, of civic activism in the way that we have in other places. Learned that over and over again, that after these big protests, people were really waking up. And they you know, had told me that. And I learned that over and over again, that people were realizing how to organize, how to, how to be collective, how to empower themselves. And so I think that that's also a thing that we're happening, is happening in the States too, and in France, and in, in Sudan, and other, other places. And while it's particularly relevant for Romania, it also speaks to a broader global movement and progress of how we all interact with our governments and how we use technology tools to communicate our own power.
is produced by The Collaboratory, an initiative within the U.S. State Department's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, better known as ECA. My name is Christopher Wurst. I'm the director of The Collaboratory. 2233 is named for Title 22, Chapter 33 of the U.S. Code, the statute that created ECA. And our stories come from participants of U.S. government-funded international exchange programs. This week, William Tyner talked about the power of civic tech as part of his Fulbright National Geographic Digital Storytelling Fellowship. For more about the Fulbright program and other ECA exchanges, check out eca.state.gov. We also encourage you to subscribe to 2233 and leave us a nice review while you're at it. And we'd love to hear from you. You can write to us at ecacollaboratory at state.gov. That's E-C-A-C-O-L-L-A-B-O-R-A-T-O-R-Y at state.gov. Photos of each week's interviewee and complete episode transcripts can be found at our webpage at eca.state.gov slash 2233. And now you can follow us on Instagram at 2233 underscore stories. Special thanks to Will for taking the time to meet with us and tell his stories. Ana Maria Sinatine did the interview and edited this segment. Featured music was Romanian Hora by the Underscore Orchestra, Decompression by Blue Dot Sessions, and an instrumental version of Bags of Water by Josh Woodward. Music at the top of each episode is Sebastian by How the Night Came, and the end credit music is Two Pianos by Tagir Lius. Until next time.